All right, hey, welcome along. Philip Ward Show, start of a brand new busy news week. And you know what? As I was prepping the program tonight, this came up as a news update at about 9.48, about an hour ago. And it's from California. It's in Fox News. And I just, I have to share this with you because I couldn't believe it at first. Uh, I, I'll tell you in a second. But then I see where it's from and I thought, you know what? All right, that makes sense. Here, let me give you the headline. San Diego public school teachers to give migrant kids in-person instruction before their own students. So San Diego right now and uh, San Diego Unified School District, their students, okay, are currently learning in an online only format, but are expected to move into a hybrid. So half in person, half online format uh, on April 12th, where they'll be learning in the combination. That's according to the school district's website. But Fox News is running this, this exclusive right now, saying that teachers from the San Diego Unified School District, they're going to be teaching migrant children in person. Here's a comment from San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond. We have 130,000 kids who haven't been allowed in a classroom for over a year in the San Diego Unified School District. It's great that there's in-person learning for these unaccompanied minors from Central America, but you know what? I wish every child in San Diego County was allowed the same opportunity for in-person teaching. It's just unbelievable to me that before American children, and I don't care if it's in California, where it's as liberal as can be, I there's no real coming back for California at this point in time, but those are still American kids. I still care about them. Before, and oh, geez, this is so bad to say, right? Before I care about illegal aliens whose parents have sent them on this awful, terrible, very fearful journey across the border illegally, that now they're going to get teaching in person, in person as well, before American children in San Diego are going to be able to learn in person. It reminds me, and I believe it was uh, One America News or Newsmax Report. It was one of the two. I think her name's Emerald Robinson or something. You can follow her on the Twitter box if you'd like. Um, I remember she asked Jen Psaki, how is it that the Biden administration has negotiated an $86 million contract to put illegal aliens in hotels, but yet our own National Guard were sleeping in a parking lot. And that all happened under the, in the Biden administration. How could that possibly be? I love, and uh, there's an, uh, more, another quote from uh, uh, this uh, Emily Diaz, who's a, a San Diego Unified School District parent. The system is broken. 
when San Diego teachers are teaching migrant children in person, but the 100,000 students of tax-paying families at San Diego Unified School District are stuck learning in Zoom school. Well, I'll tell you what, this uh, parent, Emily Diaz, man, has she hit the nail right on the head. The system is broken. Wow, whoa, whoa, just stop the quote there. The whole system in this country is broken under Joe Unity Biden. I think we're going to start calling him Joe Lydon. Because that's about all he does. I mean, he gave a press conference today, which which brings me to what I initially wanted to uh, talk about first up tonight. That it just, it, for some reason, it really, really angered me. It honestly did. Because I'm listening to Biden give his press conference. And he's saying that states that have opened up. And remember, mostly those are Republican states, such as Texas and Florida, Wyoming, uh, Montana's in there. Uh, so he is afraid of what's going to happen with those states. And then on top of Joe Unity Biden saying that, you have this CDC director, uh, Rochelle Walensky. Now, her today, here's the uh, headline. It comes from the Daily Caller. A weeping CDC director insists America is facing doom. Well, do the facts match the hysteria? This is written by Jordan Lancaster in the Daily Caller. Rochelle Walensky, director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the CDC, went off script during a Monday press briefing in an emotional claim that America is facing doom. Who is she? We call her Dr. Doom from now on. So Walensky said, quote, I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script. And I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential where we are. But for, but, and so much reason for hope. But right now I'm scared. She continued appearing to become emotional. I know what it's like as a physician to stand in that patient room, gowned, gloved, masked, shielded, and to be the last person to touch someone else's loved one because they're not going to be there. Uh, you talk about fear mongering here. Walensky has warned states against lifting mask mandates and other coronavirus restrictions. Lancaster writes, still, several states have chosen to lighten or completely end their restrictions, causing critics to warn of a potential new surge in cases. Here's come the facts, though, that don't back up this impending doom and the concern that Joe Unity Biden has. Republican Texas governor, Greg Abbott, announced on March 2nd that he was lifting all of the state's coronavirus restrictions. Three weeks later, daily coronavirus cases are declining. Oh, wait a minute. I, I, Texas was going to be the hot spot. Texas was going to be a super spreader. But cases are declining once it's open, right? Well, wait a minute. That doesn't support 
what we're hearing from the so-called scientists on television, the so-called experts, the Dr. Fauci's and Dr. Deborah Burks's of the world. Whoa, I mean, that, that goes against everything that they've warned us about, right? And again, when throughout history have you quarantined people that are healthy and gotten a positive outcome from it? If you ask me, my I'm leaning more and more towards we should have never shut it down in the first place. And maybe that's a criticism of Donald Trump when he was president. But I remember you can go back to a year. You can go ahead and, and look at the Philip Ward show from a year ago. I was saying on this very program that the key to saving lives is to reopen the country, is to reopen the economy. Why would we be shutting it down? And I remember talking about how people were getting depressed and people were getting lonely and, and sick through through mental illness because they couldn't go anywhere. They were stuck in their house or stuck in a room, stuck in an apartment. Because if, oh, there's this virus coming around, that again kills what, 0.00001% of the people that get it? Still to this day, the overwhelming majority of people, not just Americans, but around the whole world that get COVID are going to survive it. So anyway, with Texas, three weeks later, after Greg Abbott lifted all of the state's restrictions, coronavirus cases are declining. That's according to the CDC director's own CDC. There were 7,747 new cases confirmed on March 2nd compared to on March 25th of uh, 3,234 new cases. So as of March 25th, the state had the lowest seven-day positivity rate in more than a year, 5.68%. Abbott said March 25th that coronavirus-related hospitalizations were at the lowest level in more than five months. And at the same time, vaccination supplies were increasing. Wyoming, Mississippi, Montana, they've also relaxed their coronavirus restrictions. And according to the New York Times, Wyoming and Mississippi have a lower number of coronavirus cases. And that number has been staying low within the past 14 days. Oh, Notice you don't hear about any of those three states or Texas in the mainstream media. Not a single word. And if there was any integrity in any of the so-called journalists in this country, well, when Rochelle Walensky is breaking down on television because how come, how dare some states around the country don't fear this virus anymore? Oh, there's going to be impending doom. Well, really? It's not happening in Wyoming. It's not happening in Texas or Mississippi, or Montana. By the way, Montana has had a lower number of cases, but case numbers have gone slightly up in the past 14 days. So how come when states reopen that everything's fine? I, it, it does it everyone, and if you're skeptical and you're wondering why did we shut it all down in the first place, I think that you'd be thinking, well, what was the reason behind it? And now... You see, the people that are getting the vaccines, they're still running around wearing masks. So what's the point of the vaccine? I mean, 
doesn't wouldn't the smart idea be to incentivize people to go get the vaccine and then say hey well now that you're vaccinated you're immune from covid uh you're you're not going to get it so therefore you can't spread it and guess what you can take the mask off and guess what the the way to do that is not through a vaccine passport look what we're rolling out in new york state an excelsior pass an app on your phone saying that oh i i just had my my COVID test i'm negative here here's the proof of it or oh i've already been vaccinated now i can go into places i mean where is our freedom in this country anymore and the most worrisome thing about it is that people all around this country americans are going to go along with it they're going to do it it's like get vaccinated or else and here's another great example of it la now this is by his own twitter box biography la times legal affairs columnist and how scary this is a former u.s attorney and department of just us that means the democrats official he tweets um out yesterday get this vaccine passports are a good idea among other things it will single out you get that it will single out the still large contingent of people who refuse vaccines who will be foreclosed from doing a lot of things their peers can do that should help break the resistance down so what are you going to do to the people that refuse to get the vaccine why wow because it's their choice because they live in america because they have the freedom to choose not to get the vaccine listen to how dangerous and scary this tweet is by the way what is this guy threatening people who refuse to get the vaccine it will single out the still large contingent of people he says that should help us break the resistance down and now on top of all of that you have dr fauci who has been political since the very beginning of COVID. this is a sneaky snake weasel why anyone would trust anything that comes out of dr fauci's mouth anymore is completely and utterly beyond me get this today fauci quote it was the best decision i i as in dr fauci i as in america's doctor the savior of everyone throughout COVID. you know not the guy who's gotten every single thing wrong that he's been tasked to do i think you know what i honestly think i don't think dr fauci has an ounce of integrity in him at all I think Dr. Fauci saw an opportunity. I think he wanted to get Donald Trump out of office. I truly believe that. And I, I, I want other people to start saying that too, if they believe that, because that's what I believe. I, 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 I have no ounce of trust left in a guy who's been wrong on everything. This guy, I mean, think about it. This guy's a doctor, right? How wrong, how bad of a doctor is he when he continuously is incorrect anyway so he's giving himself all the credit for operation warp speed the daily mail today dr fauci says it was him and not trump 
who started the ball rolling to develop COVID vaccine and gives no credit, no credit at all to Operation Warp Speed. Here's Fauci's quote. When I saw what happened in New York City, almost overrunning of our healthcare systems, and that's, and remember, Fauci at the beginning was saying, no, 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 you don't have to wear a mask. If you're in the United States right now, you shouldn't have to be wearing a mask. And if you, ha- you know, if you want to go on a cruise, go on a cruise. That's fine to do. And uh, uh, in New York City, which Donald Trump saved New York City. Remember, he gave the uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo the. Oh, and by the way. We have more Andrew Cuomo news today. I'll give you a hint about it. We are up to nine. And there's photos this time. But anyway, Donald Trump gave Andrew Cuomo the USNS comfort that he said, hey, why don't you put COVID patients into that, onto that ship? Then on top of that, the uh, Javits Center was transformed into a COVID hospital. And guess what? It remained just about empty because, oh, no. Governor of New York City, and that's about it, Andrew Cuomo, he couldn't give any credit to Donald Trump. Donald Trump was running for re-election. Of course, it, no, it doesn't matter. Oh, uh, people died? That doesn't matter to the Democrat Party. Anyway, so, Fauci, who was saying, don't wear masks because, and then, and then openly admitted when he said don't wear masks because he didn't want to overrun the healthcare system. Lied to the American people. And then admitted to it. And people still trust this guy. Here's his quote in full. I know, I apologize. I keep interrupting myself. keep interrupting myself, for goodness sake. When I saw what happened in New York City, almost overrunning of our healthcare systems, and that's when it became very clear that the decision we made on January 10th to go all out and develop a vaccine may have been the best decision that I, that I, Dr. Fauci, have ever made with regard to intervention as the director of the Institute. Now, not only is Dr. Fauci uh, on uh, prominent news media trashing Donald Trump, but now you have Dr. Deborah Burks. She says, uh, I got called by the president, she said, she's excuse me, said that they had a conversation that was, quote, very uncomfortable, very direct, and very difficult to hear. Now, she was on with CNN's um, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, I believe is his name. Gupta asks uh, Burke, says, did you, uh, did you feel threatened? And she says, oh, it was, it was a very uncomfortable conversation. Well, today, Donald Trump has heard enough just a few hours ago releasing this statement, quote, based on their interviews. I felt it was time to speak up about Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, two self-promoters trying to reinvent history to cover for their bad instincts and faulty recommendations, which I fortunately almost always overturned they had bad policy decisions that would have left our country open to china and others close to reopening our economy and years away from an approved vaccine putting millions of lives at risk trump says we developed 
American vaccines by an American president in record time, nine months, which is saving the entire world. We bought billions of dollars of these vaccines on a calculated bet that they would work, perhaps the most important bet in the history of the world. Dr. Fauci and Dr. Birx moved far too slowly, and if it were up to them, we'd currently be locked in our basements as a country suffering through a financial depression. Families, children in particular, would be suffering the mental strains of this disaster like never before. By the way, when he mentions children there, we have no idea what the uh, what the results of locking down and not having kids being able to go to school is going to be. I mean, we might not see the effects of that for, for years and years to come. Now, I've said before, listen, personally, I hated school. I, I, I hated getting up in the morning. I hated going to learn math. You know, you learn the, it, it, all these math problems in school. You get the multiplication, division, and the, I mean, you learn the basics. That's about it. But then you go through the rest, you get long division and remainders. And I was always like, oh, you know, oh my goodness. I was, I was one of those kids that would say, how is this going to benefit me in the real world? I, I hold my hands up and I say that. I hate it. I hated going there. Uh, you know, but listen, now as I'm a 25-year-old man, I understand what school brings to you. You get put in uh, different situations that you need to learn socially if for yourself how are you going to react what kind of friends are you going to make what kind of personalities do you find yourself being drawn to how is your personality going to change all those things happen through school and by the way talked about the schools in the opening of the program here all those those teachers you know the 90 percent that are Democrats, it, it, listen, I, I get it, and, and I totally get the concern of conservative parents saying, well, wait a minute, why would I send my kids to a school that they're just going to be indoctrinated by left-wing Democrat teachers? I get that concern, but in the own environment, in the environment as a whole, as far as school goes, it's very important for kids to be there and learn social you know, cognitive skills. There's a lot that comes with it. Uh, and, and then, you know, as, as, as you go into college, then you get the left-wing professors and you got to deal with that. But again, I think it teaches you to be uh, more of an independent thinker. I, I enjoyed that side of it. Anyway, so the uh, former president continues. Uh, based on their interviews, I, uh, oh, sorry, I read that. In a fake interview last night on CNN, Dr. Fauci, who said, who said he was an athlete in college but couldn't throw a baseball even close to home plate, says it was a roller. <laughs> tried to, Dr. Fauci tried to take credit for the vaccine when, in fact, he said it would take three to five years and probably longer to have it approved. There you go. Dr. Fauci wrong about something else. That wasn't in there. I incorporated that part. Dr. Fauci was incapable of pressing the FDA to move it through faster. I was the one to get it done. And even the fake news media knows it and reports it. Fauci is also the king of flip-flops and moving the goalposts to make himself look as good as possible. He says he fought me so hard 
because he wanted to keep our country open to countries like China. I closed it against his strong recommendation, which saved many lives. That came on January 3rd, or January 31st, excuse me, when there was one known case of coronavirus in the United States, Donald Trump shut down travel from China. Who knows how many lives that that decision made? Dr. Fauci also said we didn't need to wear masks. Well, then a few months later, he said, no, now we needed to wear masks, and now we might need to wear two, or we might need to wear three. Fauci spent U.S. money, and I, you will not, I guarantee you, you will never hear this in the mainstream media. Fauci spent U.S. money on the Wuhan lab in China, and we now know how that worked out. Dr. Burks, the president argues, is a proven liar with very little credibility left. Many of her recommendations were viewed as pseudoscience, and Dr. Fauci would always talk negatively about her, and in fact would ask her to not be in the same room with her. The states who followed her lead, like California, guess what, had worse outcomes on COVID. Ruined the lives of countless children because they couldn't go to school, ruined many businesses, and an untold number of Americans who were killed by the lockdowns themselves. Dr. Birch was a terrible medical advisor, which is why I seldom followed her advice. Her motto should be, do as I say, not do as I do. Who can forget when Dr. Birch gave a huge mandate to the people of our nation to not travel? And then guess what? Then she traveled a great distance to see her family for Thanksgiving only to have them call the police and turn her in. She then embarrassingly resigned. He says, finally, Dr. Burks says she can't hear very well, but I can. There was no difficult phone call other than Dr. Burks's policies that would have led us directly into a COVID-caused depression. She was a very negative voice who didn't have the right answers. Time has proven me correct. I only kept Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks on because they worked for the U.S. government for so long. They are like a bad habit. Stunning from Donald Trump. I mean, just ripping Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks. Now, here's a person who, by the way, I, I almost believe he listens to every single thing that Fauci, that Burks, that Walensky Say he's got you know it's the the party who is the 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 party of science right? Well, I think so far we've learned that if you're want to be considered the party of science, well, we should be reopened as a country now that vaccines are coming out. Well, why why are you still wearing the masks? I mean that again in its own right that phrase Democrats the party of science another lie by Joe Lydon. So here's Biden. He gives this press conference today and says, when referring to states who have lifted their masks mandates, you know, like Wyoming and Mississippi, Texas, Montana, saying, quote, this is not politics. Re who is he, by the way, to be telling states? Now, remember, in Donald Trump's presidency, he was said, now, Georgia governor, 
Brian Kemp, who, by the way, I do have to give him credit. He's been strong so far when he's calling for uh, the Georgia voting reform bill, saying that, listen, even if you want to vote absentee, you need a photo ID. Uh, yes, I absolutely applaud everything that Governor Kemp is doing there and everything the Georgia state legislature, the Georgia state Senate is doing. Every, I think every state should follow their lead uh, with that. Why? Why is it that you need an ID to get on a plane if you want to buy alcohol? You need an ID, but you don't need an ID to vote. I mean, it, it it's unbelievable. And the Democrats say, "Oh, that 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 that's voter suppression." No, it's not voter suppression. It's about the integrity of our elections. But they know that. They're just blatantly lying. Anyway, he says, this is not politics. Reinstate the mandate if you let it down. Dictator. That's what he is. This is a dictator. Now, he said himself in the buildup to uh, the election, oh, I got, I got to get the votes. You know, I still believe that we live in a democracy. I still, I, I, I want bipartisanship between the Republicans and the Democrats. Well, absolutely not. That's a lie. Everything Joe Biden has done so far has been through executive order. And, and, and there hasn't been, as far as I'm concerned, a single thing he's done good. Keystone XL Pipeline. Take that, for example. 11,000 American jobs gone through, Joe Biden, through the stroke of Joe Biden's pen. He said, no, that's don't worry about it. You're going to get green new energy jobs. Really? Because those haven't come yet. I mean, his own climate czar, John Kerry, every airplane he's on, he doesn't even wear a mask. He said, no, no I, I, I need to use a private plane. So, but uh, to uh, finish the example, though, when Georgia Governor Brian Kemp reopened his state, when the experts were, oh, my God, oh, my God, you're going to be a super spreader. Oh, don't go to Georgia. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, they were fine as far as COVID goes. And Donald Trump, who was president at the time, even though he didn't like the decision, he said, listen, maybe it's a little too early, but whatever that governor feels is best for his state, he should be able to do that. Now that is a massive conservative ideology. We want more power given to the states to make their own decisions, not an increasingly massive federal government a, a, a centralized federal government that that's exact this statement is what democrats believe they want the federal government to be so strong so that they always have the ability to tell you what you can and can't do who is joe biden who lives in washington dc who we very rarely ever see this is a guy who's done at one o'clock in the afternoon when he was running to be the most powerful person in the entire uh, in the entire world, he was done at 11:30 in the morning. Joe Biden he naps more than he actually talks about this country, about the American people. Now he also said today that he quote shares the sentiment of CDC director Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who says that she senses the impending doom when it comes to coronavirus. Now, as he was walking away, a reporter asked him, Mr. President, do you believe states should pause 
their reopening efforts. Joe Biden, yes. And then he walks off the stage. Now remember, Joe Biden has been vaccinated since January. And yet everywhere he goes, he's still wearing a mask. Where's the incentive? Why should you get the vaccine if you're still going to have to wear a mask? That's the question I want to answer. All right, so in other news today, you got Senator Charles E. Schumer, who released this video that I don't, I'm not sure I've ever seen something more cringeworthy than this. Elizabeth Warren's to his left, Bob Menendez is on his right, and this is what he wants to do. He wants to cancel $50,000 of student loan debt. Quote, we're asking you, email, call, write President Joseph Robin U. Biden and tell him you want this done. And then he, the, the elbow thing that you're supposed to do because of COVID. Elbowing Warren, elbowing, oh my God. He goes, let's get this done. Starts pumping his arms in the air. I've never seen something so cringeworthy as that Charles E. Schumer. Now, Kamala Harris. How about Kamala Harris today? Remember, who's supposed to be in charge of the border crisis that the Biden, well, maybe a Harris-Biden administration, if you ask Joe Biden, she's supposed to be in charge of the crisis. Well, guess what she was doing today? She's giving a, a, a talk. She's holding an event. And just randomly, she's talking about kids going back to schools and talking about educators. And she just starts laughing. I mean, in, in the middle of her speaking, just this outburst of laughter. Now, last week, she was laughing about the border crisis. So my question to Vice President Harris is, why is the failure, why are the failures of the Biden administration so funny to you? Now here today, President Biden had a big announcement that Kamala Harris is in charge of the crisis at the U.S.-Mexico border, but that was that was just apparently some confusion. And she is merely tasked with addressing its root causes. That's according to White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Psaki issued the stunning clarification less than a week after Biden told reporters that he was delegating one of the most pressing issues of his presidency to the uh, vice president. The vice president of the United States will be helping lead that effort, specifically the root causes, not the border. You know, there's some confusion over that. There's no confusion over that. Kamala Harris isn't up for the task. Kamala Harris thinks it's hilarious that COVID's being brought into this country, that fentanyl is flowing through our borders, that illegal aliens are flooding into this country. The vice president of the United States has done nothing but laughed all about it. And if, if she laughed now in Axios yesterday, get this, kids' border surge expected to last seven plus months. U.S. Border Patrol apprehensions of non-Mexican unaccompanied minors just surging in this country. The Biden administration, Axios writes, this was again yesterday, the Biden administration projects the number of unaccompanied children crossing the border 
could spiral from more than 16,000 this month to as many as 26,000 in September, according to documents that were leaked to Axios. They write, until this month, the record was 11,475. That was in May 2019. The minimum projections for each of the next six months are thousands higher than that. To give a sense of how out of hand the crossings are getting, the administration projected just a month ago the figure would uh, for May would be 13,000. Well, now the new estimate of unaccompanied minors flooding into this country is between 22 and 25,000. The, the Customs and Border Protection range for September is 22,000 to 26,000. Under any scenario, projections include a peak month that would double the record that stood until this month. Spokespersons, let my voice there, spokespersons for the White House and the Department of Homeland Security did not respond to requests for comment. That's, I mean, that's what they've been doing ever since they became, uh, this administration started. I wait till I tell you what Senator Ted Cruz, he was trying to record a video, was totally being blocked. They've been blocking the media from coming uh, into the border facilities. And on top of that, there's a gag order for all the border patrol agents. They can't even speak to the news media. All of those inquiries have to go through Washington, D.C. What do you think Washington, D.C. is going to say? Don't you dare speak to the news media because this is so bad and it's all caused because of Joe Biden saying, come in here, we'll give you a pathway to citizenship, promising amnesty for 11 million illegal aliens and even promising to pay for their health care so the new figures indicate government resources will be strained far longer than under usual seasonal migration patterns during his news conference last week president joe unity biden repeatedly described the border situation as normal nothing has changed it happens every single year but his own agencies, his own agencies are preparing for anything but normal. Uh, the Remember this headline in Reuters earlier this month, U.S. facing biggest migrant surge in 20 years. Uh, the Homeland Security Secretary saying that. Uh, and on top of that, the Washington Examiner earlier this month, DHS warns Biden of crisis. A record of 117,000 unaccompanied children expected at the border this year. The Biden administration reportedly expects an unprecedented surge of unaccompanied migrants. Border officials anticipating 117,000 children will arrive at the U.S.-Mexico border without a parent or guardian in 2021. I mean, and like I said, in Donna, uh, Texas, at the uh, CBP facility, literally, there's a video that Senator Ted Cruz, and remember, this is in Texas. Senator Ted Cruz from Texas, yeah, uh, I think he's going to give a whole lot of care to what's going on in border facilities in Texas. Literally, this woman, and I have no idea who it is, 
from the Biden administration is standing in the way of his video. And he's showing, you can still see behind it that there's thousands of children just laying in, in tin foil blankets. Oh, you can't see from this video, uh, but you've seen the pictures that were put forward from the Democrat congressman, Henry, Henry Cuellar, of, of, of all these kids sleeping with emergency blankets on. And remember, all of this going on while COVID, and they're bringing COVID into this country as well, all through a pandemic. And, and, and Senator Ted Cruz says that. He also says, quote, rules are arbitrary and are keeping the American people in the dark. The rules that this woman is saying that they have, please have respect, please respect the rules, she's saying. Unbelievable. Uh, other news today. How about this? New York woman Sherry Ville accuses Cuomo, here we go again, of unwanted kiss in 2017. This woman, Ville, the ninth woman who has stepped forward to accuse New York Governor Andrew Cuomo of sexual misconduct. Uh, she said, in 2017, Cuomo grabbed her face and kissed her cheeks in front of her home in 2017. And by the way, she has photos of Cuomo in her house with her and then literally photo of Governor Cuomo kissing her. I mean, uh, quote, for years she wanted to report what Governor Cuomo did to her. This was her attorney. Uh, she says for years she wanted to report what the governor did. Some members of her family discouraged her from filing a, compl a complaint because they wanted to protect her and feared that it would uh, that if she made what happened to her in public, that the governor might use his power to retaliate against her and her family. I mean, the the whole bullying narrative continues, as far as I'm concerned, with Andrew Cuomo just from that statement there alone. Uh, see, oh, okay, so. On Saturday, this I, this was the first, on Saturday was the first time that I saw this video. And it's been making its rounds on the internet. And it is, it is shocking. It is sad. It is devastating. It is heartbreaking. It is terrible. What happens? Let me give you a rundown. There's an Uber Eats driver. His name is Muhammad Anwar. He's standing outside of his car. He's got uh, one foot in his car. And he's saying, this is my car. They're trying to steal my car. This is my car. There was a t two teenage girls. By the way, this is what the media does. If there was two white girls, they'd say there was two black, two black girls trying to steal this guy's car. 13 and 15 years old trying to steal this man's car and what happens in the absolutely gruesome video is they try to tase this guy and i think they actually do you can't see it in the video but they have a how is it that a 13 and a 15 year old girl even have a taser in the first place they try, maybe successfully tase him, but the car takes off, goes down the street. You hear two loud noises, and then finally a massive crash at the end. 
the person taking the video runs down and you see Anwar laying there dead. I mean, just gone. It's heartbreaking. This is what CNN, this is how they decided to categorize this video. Police said the girls, 13 and 15, assaulted an Uber Eats driver with a taser while carjacking him. Get this, which led to an accident in which he was fatally injured. An accident? Carjacking an Uber Eats driver is no accident. They knew what they were doing. They killed this man. I It's beyond disgusting. From what I see in the video, it looks to me as though they killed this man. And again, listen, you got to believe in, in the rule of law. If you're going to have the same standard, we don't have the same standards as the Democrat Party does. But to me, it looks like they killed this man. Here's what Mayor of D, and this happened in D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser on uh, the on Saturday, tweet or excuse me, yesterday, tweeting this: Auto theft is a crime of opportunity. Follow these steps to reduce the risk of your vehicle becoming a target. This guy did nothing wrong, nothing wrong at all. And by the way. That tweet now, she faced a ton of backlash from it, has been has been deleted. I, it, it, it's sick and it's disgusting. These girls, by the way, have been charged with murder and charged with uh, carjacking as well. Uh, the girls, thir again, 13 and 15 years old, assaulted Anwar with a taser while carjacking him, which led to an accident in which he was fatally injured. The girls were charged with felony murder and armed carjacking the younger girl is from the southeast section of dc the older from fort washington maryland anwar now immigrated from pakistan in 2014 and by the way there's a GoFundMe page for him as well i think the last time i checked it raised like over four hundred thousand dollars or it's a pretty massive figure anwar immigrated uh from pakistan in 2014 he was a this is what the family said he was a beloved husband, father, grandfather, uncle, and friend who always provided a smile when you needed one. He leaves behind a family near and far who cherish, love, and miss him dearly. This is a senseless, senseless death from a legal immigrant. And by the way, it was two black girls that did it. and. Where's the outrage in the media? And this was a legal immigrant on top of that. My, after I watched this video, my heart hurt. It, it really, truly did. It was absolutely heartbreaking. This is going to get nowhere near the coverage of George Floyd, who's what we have, day one of the trial with Chauvin today. Not much really going on. If there ever is, of course, we're going to report on it. But, you know, day one of the trial. But, you know, here's George Floyd's being painted as a as a hero and when George Floyd was a thug his entire life. And this happens to a legal immigrant, an outstanding and beloved American citizen by a 15 and a 13 year old girl. I mean, and, and, and where? In D.C. 
D.C. overwhelmingly run by Democrats and a Democrat mayor who is so tone deaf who releases a video yesterday of how to protect yourself against uh, an auto theft. I mean, what a complete idiot. It's so sad. And everyone uh, involved with the Philip Ward program says, uh, I'll speak on behalf, I'll say, um, our hearts are with uh, An uh, Anwar's family and our prayers and, and may God watch, watch over him and may he rest in peace. I mean, very sad, very sad story.